previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Toby shows up in Fox form. Did you see Dixon? He turns back to the inn. I think they do have Dixon upstairs in one of the back bedrooms or something. I will put on my <laughs> slippers that let me walk on anything. I put on these these slippies, scoop up Milo again, and walk straight up into a window. <laughs> Behind the door is a topaz dragonborn asleep. I'm going to place one finger across his lips. And just absolutely slap the shit out of him. Dixon, you wake up. <laughs> Guys, we have to stay quiet. The crazy people are downstairs still. Mar- Margaret and... And her ugly ass cousin. Yeah, I looked at her and now I'm here. Are we gonna fight him or are we going to go get the ivory alchemist? You don't know where the elephant is. Hopefully he's he, he... getting it real touched real good. I want to go get the elephant. You head over to room 6B to check on Manny and he is headbanging his trunk around. Milo, you get whacked of wet meat as you go sailing across the dorm room. <laughs> Why is it wet? I just hope that was from your dancing and not from your date. How'd it go? It happened. Do I believe him? No. My face just slowly drains. Hey Manny, you know that bar? There's a secret tunnel from that place's cellar to the place where you picked that girl up off the table. So, I mean, Margaret and her cousin could Correct. have been behind that. So you should probably go run it by your gal pal. No. So I go find her. <laughs> okay. I guess we, we head on over to Winona's room. There are three people in it. None of them are Winona. Do you Winona where she is? <laughs> Winona left. She came in and then she left again. We didn't even get to ask her why she was sick. She went to the left. I don't know where she was going. I guess try to pick up the trail of scent (laughs) and follow it. You do pick up the scent that you remember from your uh, encounter with Winona until you reach a bend in the stairs, and then the scent disappears entirely. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Matt Smith. What time do elves eat their lunch? Noon. (laughs) Twelve-ish. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Brad Richards. Why would I ever make jokes about dwarves? Why? Because they look up to me. (laughs) <laughs> you or your dragonborn? That's the question. I mean, roughly, they're both the same size, right? Like a dragonborn's like six something. Dragonborn and a dwarf taller. Is... Oh, we're talking about size, not not their actual uh, esteem for you. <laughs> you oh. thought that joke was about their esteem? Paul, <laughs> keep the introduction. No, I was trying rolling. to change it on its. I was trying to spin it on its head and make it about esteem and say that. Dwarves don't hold be rich in high esteem, but they hold this dragonborn in high ho- dragonborn character in high esteem. But a- anyways, I don't stupid. hold you in very high you esteem just, right now. You just buried yourself with that one. Yeah, your esteem should be real low after that <laughs> Paul, one. My favorite band's The Offspring. I have no self esteem. <laughs> well, up! you know who I have low esteem for. Oh God, <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> myself. Uh, next in line is Ben Renfro. Sorry! It was gonna be you! <laughs> yeah. Everybody starts with uh, nice little wholesome jokes, but I'm just gonna say how excited I, how I'm so excited that my penis is about to erupt like Mount Vesuvius. Damn it! Oh. <laughs> and last but not least, Brad Renfro. A joke. Um, so somebody tried to sell me a coffin the other day, and and I told him, buddy, that's that's the last thing I'm gonna need. <laughs> uh, I don't get it. Wow. <laughs> 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 but you know what I do understand? I understand that we are a Death Saving Bros actual play 5th edition podcast, and uh, this is episode 117. Yes, it is episode 117. I had to double check the recording file number that we have going on. Anyways, I'm having a bit of a rough start this, <laughs> this episode, so hopefully my co-host can pick up the slack as we pick up our adventure. Hey, Paul, real fast. Real fast, Paul. Hey, real fast. I'm helping to pick up the slack. Uh, my late grandfather was a dwarf. He lived a very short life. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where we left off, our student adventurers, led by Manny McQuaid, played by Ben Renfro, Dixon Sider, played by Brad Richards, Thad Castellan, played by Matt Smith, and... Milo Yishithris, played by Brad Renfro. What's your last name? Yishithris. You shove this? Yishithris. Where? Where am I shoving this? Milo? My hole. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My hole I shove this. <laughs> My hole I shove this. That's <laughs> your name? Is that what that means? My hole. It's a, uh, yeah, ancient druidic language. <laughs> <laughs> My hole I shove this. It, it's a... Uh, the 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 hole is meant for my pockets because they're magical and I can put everything in them. And mm. also his prison pocket. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Curious. Go on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I can fit anything in my holes. Keep going, Paul. <laughs> Our student adventurers recently came across a secret passage that led from the basement of the Arkshine to a weird ritualistic stone pillared room with flame around the outside and some runes in a circle on the floor. And there they found one of their fellow students, Winona. Manny took Winona back to the Arkshine to the dorms while Milo, Thad and Dixon went to continue following another secret passage that they had found. It led up into a tavern that was in the student town near the Arkshine, and there they were attacked by the proprietor and her cousin, Margaret and Mabel, although perhaps it was not the same people that they had grown to know, because these two were fighting them, they were attacking them, and then they ran off. Milo and Thad rescued Dixon, who had been knocked unconscious, and together they caught back up with Manny, and they needed to ask Winona a couple questions, but Manny didn't want them to ask Winona any questions because he had just had a very nice date with Winona and didn't want to ruin the moment. But Winona wasn't at her dorm. She had gone out and was acting suspicious. They tried tracking her, and they lost her. So that is where we're picking up now. Our student adventurers are currently standing on the staircase leading down the Arkshine Tower. They are in between floors. They lost the scent 
that they were following, and where would you like to pick up and go now? Secret doors? Secret tunnel! Um, yeah. Secret doors. <laughs> well, we did establish last time that there are no secret doors or windows in this area. There is if you believe. Well, I guess, Manny, right. you walking down a few steps and seeing if it picks up? I mean, I, yeah, I guess uh, I'll, uh, I'll continue to go down the stairs and see if I find anything, but if uh, we don't find anything and she just disappeared, I mean, do you guys think there's a chance that, well, remind me guys, did, uh, what did her roommate say when she was in the room? She just left, like, randomly? Like, just got up and walked out, or... Did yep. they say that she said anything on her way out, or... She walked in and walked out. Seems odd. Um, do you guys think there's a chance that she could have gone to the bar that you guys were coming from? I don't know why that would make sense, but you guys seem pretty disturbed about it. We know that she was locked up back there, so, I mean... They wouldn't let her out, no. They won't let her out. She got locked up. Right. <laughs> But, so it doesn't make sense that she would go back there. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of anywhere else that she might have gone that we could go look for her. And I know, I know her better than you guys, you know, intimately and everything. So, like, I guess I don't know why I'm asking you if you would know where she would go, but... Neither do we. Do you we know her better? You. Do you? <laughs> do you? I just want to get progressively closer. Do you? Do you know her I would like to use my trunk and do the shh sh- 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 right know? up against your lip. <laughs> but do you know? And it feels like a dog. I want to imagine it feels like a dog's nose where it's just a little wet on the end of my <laughs> long nose. So when I put it up to your mouth, just know that you get that. That's my beaky mouth. Yeah. His, do wet, his wet, beaky, dog-like mouth. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> no, I have the dog-like nose, and he has the beaky mouth, and I'm still just <laughs> But yeah. do you? Yes. So, as Manny is putting his dog-like trunk up to All right. Listen, it's not a dog-like trunk. I was just trying to describe what the end of it would feel like. It's no, the end of Elephants it... have a trunk. This isn't a made-up character. <laughs> Elephants have an elephant-like nose. Okay, and the average person, when trying to describe what the end of an elephant nose feels like you know i just thought i picture in my head it would probably feel similar to how you touch a dog's yeah, nose and that's something it. more people can relate to i don't know whether an elephant nose feels like that or not i'm sure most people don't actually know what the end of an elephant nose feels like but that's how i picture it so that's how i described it that's, that's fine. all i was saying we're just saying you have a dog like elephant nose that just sounds <laughs> anyway sounds manny puts his nose trunk <laughs> He <laughs> just <so> drunk. <laughs> just goes right up. <laughs> Manny puts his trunk up to Thad's lips and says, shush, 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 shush. And as you quiet down, uh, I need a perception check from everybody there. Oh, Christ. There's a glistening off the, the residue that he leaves. 20. I actually also rolled a nat 20. <laughs> Whoa, I also rolled a natural <laughs> four. <laughs> well done, Beerish. That that is comedy. Sorry, <laughs> I rolled a fifteen. Loses focus. Okay, so with my nat twenty, can I tell definitively from the moist spot of the trunk on my beak that 
there was, in fact, no coitus had. <laughs> Coitled. Because <laughs> I just strongly suspect, based on behavior... Well, this perception check was not in order to determine uh, anything about Manny's exploits. What you are perceiving is sound. And the sound that you are hearing, those of you that did not roll a natural four, you can hear voices on the next landing down the stairs. You are currently about a half turn around the spiral of this staircase. So you can't see who it is, but you can hear that there are two voices and they're a little bit muffled, but they seem to be a little intense. Do they sound like teacher aged, student aged? Do we recognize them? Um, I will tell you. Actually, you know what? Since two of you had natural 20s, I will tell you that it is a male and a female. And then the natural 20s know that it is, you recognize the voices of Dean Livia and the voice of Professor Fackham King. All right. In addition to my shh <laughs> with my nostril that's already up to Your Thad's nostril. mouth, I would like to then take my two fingers and also shh and put it out to the lips of both Dixon and Milo as well. So I am shushing all three of them. I sniff your finger. This is what you're doing? I dagger his finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're the only one that doesn't understand why I'm doing this. I don't know why. <laughs> that's that's fine, but I guess if you're actually daggering my finger, let's see if you hit it. Twenty foot now. Uh, eighteen. Yeah, that's gonna hit. So <laughs> good. So I now mean, you have to yell. I would like to invoke a blood curse. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna dagger the shit out of you, though. Damn it. All right. Well, I did it to him. I guess like. And him. I think I've cut. Have I cut you yet? All right. No. I yet. guess give me the damage <laughs> that. Well, let's just do this. I don't know, Paul. You could explain the, the ruling on this, but does he actually roll for damage? But if he was like intentionally like just trying to like cut my finger away <laughs> in a, in a sense. He wants you to have less well, fingers. Were you, were you doing it to try to like injure me <laughs> as much as you can or more to make a statement? Because I think like the amount of damage would be different depending on that. He wants you to live your life with less fingers than you currently have. Well, let's let the dice decide. <laughs> I will say, since, since B-Rich said that he was just going to dagger your finger, whereas he specifically said that he was going to try and cut off Thad's finger, B-Rich, I'll leave it up to you what Dixon is trying to do. Makes sense. What are you doing to my finger? So I know how much damage <laughs> I'm taking. <laughs> we'll let the dice decide. I mean, are you sucking it? Are you stuffing it? Are you curling it around your phone finger? Paul, your private conversations are none of my business. <laughs> are you burying it up to the, the second level? <laughs> All right. Odd, uh, it's also, coming off. Even, it will just cut it. While you're rolling for that quick side note, a pretty dope it, piece of our merch would be a foam finger for Thad. <laughs> it just says the wall number one on it. <laughs> That would be pretty funny. So, how much damage did you wind up cutting into Manny's finger? Five. I rolled. I rolled even. Even was it remained on? All right. Odd so then it was coming off. That's fine. <laughs> I take five damage. Now, do you yelp? My character, naturally, I think somebody who gets their finger daggered would yelp or twoot. 
I guess one would say. Which would be really weird because my nose that would twoot is currently <laughs> on Thad's beak. You're going to blow Thad? <laughs> I'm not going to blow Thad. I'm going to blow his beak. Um, <laughs> but knowing the situation, I feel like my character would try to hold back. So, Paul, is there any role you could think of that I could do to see if, like, my character would be able to resist the urge, urge to, to twoot? blow his beak? <laughs> Or is it pretty much like it happens or not? Or do it like an even or odd? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you if you want to roll, I can give you a roll. Otherwise, you can make it as a ch- character choice. No, let's uh, let's let's roll. Uh, because, like I said, realistically, my character would try to hold back, knowing that there's people, and I was trying to shush everybody else. It might be like one of those, like you get real quiet and mumble it under your breath, but. There's also a chance because I just got daggered that I'm just going to fucking yell. So, I mean, I don't want to do it in a way that seems like I'm trying to do stuff in favor of us. So, okay. So, go ahead and roll a constitution check. And you just have a basic DC of 10. Good thing my character is actually pretty decent at constitution. Hell yeah. He's cool. All right. That's an 18. So, yeah. I let out. The smallest squeak of a toot, twoot. Right on the <laughs> I just you try to hold in the, in the twoot, and it comes out as and a toot. <laughs> just thunders echoing across the walls. Ah! <laughs> 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 it just sounds like a scream. <laughs> what? Yeah, the toots sound like screams. Yeah. <laughs> this is all backwards. <laughs> I'm just making a joke. You don't have to go with that. You have to be I quiet. I always scream out of my ass. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> That, that could happen. I try to hold back the twoot, and it comes out as a little toot, and then, like, you see me instantly freeze, because their conversation, like, comes to an abrupt stop. Like, they might have heard us, so I, I motion you guys. <laughs> Anyways, I wipe the moist spot off my beak. <laughs> and as you do so, and... Manny's fart starts to uh, permeate through the space. <laughs> what drifts up to you is Professor Kane's voice going, And exactly what is it that you are trying to insinuate, Dola? Sheldon. And I will also mention that while the Nat 20s heard that entire phrase, uh, Milo, you heard Dola come up the staircase. Oh, because I roll a four. I don't hear anything. In my... Uh, Fuckers. I, I would like to very quietly motion for everybody to be quiet, but to, like, listen and have us maybe try to... Wild like, shape into a smaller creature? I can go listen? I keep forgetting you could do that, because you never do that. But sure, if you want to go do that, that's a great idea. But everybody else, like, Why to are we actively whispering? listen... Because there's people talking. Yes, in the staircase, that was us. More people. Vacuum Kane and Dean Livia. You just see my already small body shrink even smaller into a mouse. And I'm going to start hopping down the stairs. Since when could he turn into a mouse? I don't know. (laughs) He's never done that before. Why are we whispering still? Dean, Livia, and Vacuum okay. K. Sounds secretive, and I kind of want to know what's going on. 
probably won't talk about it in front of us. Guess that's a fair point. So, shh. <laughs> but why is he a mouse? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll turn around and I'll just squeak. Shh. Actually, I see the mouse and I flip my <laughs> shit. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> I grasp his trunk with your beak. <laughs> with two yes, hands or one? With my beak to clamp it shut still has a when mouth. I see him freaking out at the mouse. <laughs> still has a mouth to scream out of. <laughs> well, it would definitely come out my nose, though, so it only makes sense, right? Quick, fill his mouth. <laughs> I mean, elephant, their twoot sound, I think it comes from their nose, right? Yes. I don't yes. know. I'm not an expert on elephants, and I try to like <laughs> describe it how the way I feel, and I just get told I'm... The last time I was an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm at a loss here for words <laughs> because because you see a mouse. Yeah, because Milo turned into my worst enemy, my greatest fear. He turned he squishes into tigers. Me. <laughs> well, I I grasp his trunk, <laughs> I clamp it, if you will. I, I I'm trying to debate if that means it's all coming out the other end again. <laughs> no, I don't think that one would. Um. You might shit yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna picture this. Like, how big is this fucking staircase? Because like he's 600 pounds. This guy's quite big. I'm not small. He's a mouse now. But like this guy be a big fucking staircase. Yeah, it's it's like the staircases in Hogwarts Legacy. They're very wide. You could probably get three to four people walking ac across it at any one time. People, because he's a giant turtle. And he's an elephant. D&D uh, &D people. So, medium humanoids. We're alright. He's a fucking turtle. I'm still medium, though. And still a humanoid. Apparently. You're a humanoid with a shell. Yes. Who the fuck brewed that one? And to answer the question about what goes on underneath the shell... It's like, <laughs> how did you hear my thoughts? <laughs> it's like a cartoon when they take off the shell and they just have like a wife beater and boxers underneath. We're sitting in a recliner eating to watch TV. <laughs> okay, so when I get to the bottom of the stairs, what do I hear? Yeah, so you've run ahead while Thad and Manny are grappling, trying to figure out how to calm Manny down now that he saw a mouse. I think I'm calm now. As you start rounding the stairwell down the spiral, you can hear the voices more clearly, and you can hear Dean Livia say, Well, Thackham, I just thought that perhaps you might have insight into this illness. It did occur directly after the campus surge began failing. Well, that doesn't mean anything. The camp, the surge has been fixed, and it was fixed when people started getting ill, so... I don't really understand why you're making accusations. No, Fackham, I wasn't making an accusation. I was insinuating. And what I'm insinuating is that you may have something to do with this illness. Because right after the surge, which is part of your duties, failed, all of the students got ill. Except for your four favorite students, who are the only four the only foursome of a study group that has not fallen ill. Explain to me how that is, how that happened, and more so why, when they came to my infirmary, 
Suddenly we have gray oozes everywhere. What did you put them up to that they would bring those into the into the hospital? And Fackham says, you listen very closely to me, Dola. You're supposed to be the prodigy healer. If there's something wrong with the students, you figure it out. We brought you on after the unfortunate events of last year's final because you said that you would be able to protect the students if they were to fall injured. That you might be able to help Donnie and what has happened since you got here. Nothing. I think you might be a little too wet behind the ears to stop making accusations, or, as you say, insinuations. Perhaps you're too secretive with your new projects. Why is it that only you and Dean Doval are privy to the details of your new contraption, hmm? Maybe you should consider that. And you, Milo, have now turned the corner and you can actually see them. And with that, Dean Livia spins on her heel and starts marching down the hallway. And Backham Kane just is blustering behind her and then chases after her down the hallway. And you hear a door open and close. They're gonna fuck. What's in that door? She's is about it to like, go fag like, him. Like, can I mouse over and like see under it or anything to see like what's in that room? Can I mouse over? Like that's an action. Um. So they went down a hallway out of your sight line, so you did not see which door they went through. Can I go look? Don't mice have night vision? Yeah. Right. We have dark vision. Yeah, it's it's not a matter matter of dark vision or anything. It's just you don't know which door they went through. So let me ask you this: as Milo went into mouse form and went to follow, I know that I said like we would all try to like actively listen. Did we also catch that, or was Milo the only person that like heard what was going on, or or like so? That's kind of like part one of the question. Part two: if we didn't hear that, did we hear like a door close and like assume that they're gone now too? Let me ask you this. After you said that you freaked out because you saw Milo turn into a mouse and Thad clamped your trunk closed, did you make your way down the staircase? Because I know you were trying to actively listen, but did you make your way down the staircase at all? Right. How I envision what happened was it did take me a second to compose myself after Thad clamped my nose. Probably took me a couple seconds and a couple deep breaths to regain composure, and then I would have started down the stairs, so I'm not sure how long that interaction took place or how much of it I would have heard at that point. Okay. Um, then I will go with your character assessment, and I will say that you get the gist of the entire conversation. You may not have caught the beginning of it, but you heard the majority of the end, which kind of held all the pieces parts. So you have started turning around the staircase, and because you had a high perception check, and you've brought this to Dixon's attention. Dixon also heard it. But Milo is going to try and go and look down that hallway. What are you guys going to do? Right. My plan was to go try to catch back up with Milo and then send Milo to follow him. So (laughs) I'm naturally curious, so I would just have been following them. Okay. The three that are not Milo... You are making your way down the staircase quietly and slowly, and you see a mouse dart out from the edge of the staircase out onto the landing and turn the corner down the hallway. And it's not me. (laughs) We have an infestation. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, shit! (laughs) (laughs) You see three of them behind that one. Um, Thad Dixon. Looks like, uh, Milo is following, as that's a pretty Milo thing to do. I'll lead them a turd trail. Do we want to, like, 
Wait a second. Didn't one of you guys get like the blueprints of the school at some point when we were in the class and we could ask for anything we wanted to see? Didn't one of you guys study the blueprints? That would have been Milo. Damn it, Milo. <laughs> could really use Milo right now on those blueprints. Because um, I was just curious if you guys knew where that hallway led to. I have something even better. I have the yearbook of Dean Duvall. Ooh. From her Pirate Cross cheerleading days. Ooh. Wait, off track. That's. <laughs> but man, <laughs> um, wow. Where have you been keeping that? In your shell or under your mattress or what? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, well, we could either like, I guess, follow with Milo. However, we would very much probably blow his cover. We're, we're not the stealthiest three uh, lads there are. <laughs> wouldn't blow my cover, you'd blow your cover. Well, right, but we could probably let Milo pursue. Do we want to like just hang out here and imagine he'd come back with any information? Do we set up like a trap at this door for some reason? Do we go we... back to the dorm room and wait, assuming Milo would know to meet us there with any information? Like, what are you, what are you guys thinking? <laughs> We 30 can... minutes later, I'm just crying on the stairs. Where'd they go? <laughs> we leave a note here in mouse language. Does anybody speak mice? We can continue to try to find Winona. I think she has some, and I just want to slowly turn and look at Manny. Important information. My ears do weird things when you look at me like that. They just start like wiggling and stuff. Um, You're right. Not a bad idea. Do you have any idea on where we would go to continue to pursue her? Titus's room. Why would you think that? <laughs> oh, just Dad? a just a just an inkling. I don't I don't understand. It, do you, you really think she might be there? There's only one way to find out. Okay, well, while you guys are discussing, let's uh, hop over to Milo real quick. And Milo is turning the corner, going down the hallway. It's a hallway of lecture halls and uh, small classrooms. So less lecture halls, more regular old classrooms with some desks. And there are a series of classrooms. And then at the far end of the hall, the hallway turns again and uh, continues on into the Arkshine Tower. Are you looking under each door as you go past? Because you had said that you wanted to try and look under as a mouse. Is it one of those things where like there's lights on and lights off, and I can like I can just see all the lights are off? There are some lights on in some rooms, and some are not. So you can go to the lighted rooms. I'll be poking my head in the lighted rooms. Okay, then you make your way to the first lit room, and you try to see under. You don't see any movement under that one. As you go to turn away from that door, one of the far doors opens, you see Professor Kane pop his head out, look left, look right, close the door quickly behind him, and then bolt down the corner around the far end of the hallway and go running off. Okay, I'm going to, at this point, go, okay, he seems like he's heading back to his office. Um, gonna run back, poke my head in the room that he was in, just to get like a general, like, is this, like was he just like in here to decompress? Was he like tinkering with something crazy? Is there like um, is there a giant thing under a cloth? Like what's in there? So you are going still as a mouse, and you're gonna peer under the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, give me a stealth check, please, with disadvantage. 
So with disadvantage, it's a 20. Wow. I rolled a okay. 15 and a 17. Okay. So you look under the door and you can see movement in there. Well, what kind of movement? Let's keep investigating until it gets risky. Okay. All he sees is movement. What does he have? Cataracts all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I just see like blurs and color that move. You are peering under a door. I mean, I know that you're a mouse, but you're still also. Um, all right. But the door crack like a mouse can't squeeze in there. Well, yeah. So you start squeezing to look closer. And on the other side of the door, what you saw was just movement in there. Now you see paws with talons that are as large as you are suddenly stop right outside the door and you can hear sniffing and there is a fiery glow. In the largest panic you can possibly imagine a small mouse to be in, I am going to unsqueeze my rump from whatever underneath the door I was getting to and <laughs> you will hear a few, a few, t like, yeah, if there's anybody in the immediate area, they're going to hear a mouse squeak as I'm sprinting back to that staircase to see where my friends are. You make it 20 feet, and then the door bursts open behind you as two hellhounds come tearing out of the room, and they start scratching and scrabbling at the stone in the hallway, trying to take after you. Their fangs are dripping with acid, and their eyes are glowing red. Their fur is black and matted. And I need everybody to roll initiative. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Hope you're enjoying the first episode of 2024. I'm here with some quick tidbits before getting you back to the action. As always, I want to remind our listeners that we have a Patreon that you can join. We offer content for our patrons starting at just $2 a month. That includes bloopers, pre-show recordings, and extra episodes. Some extra content was also dropped for the holiday season that we don't normally do, including a video recording of our pre-show session where we tried to figure out what happened in the last episode, we also dropped the full version of our Arcshine theme that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And then we also dropped one of the first ever recordings that we ever made with our equipment. But I'm not going to spoil that surprise on the air. To hear the recording, simply head over to patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. However, a surprise that I will finally reveal is the included items for our Shade Arrow members. These are our patrons who have supported us at the $25 tier for at least three months, and because of that, they get exclusive physical rewards. This winter fulfillment included 3D printed miniatures of both Manny and Dixon, a set of dice, and a hand-sewn plushie of Toby, Milo's fire spirit friend. He's really cute, he's really soft, and honestly, I wish I'd kept one for myself. We hope those of you that did receive Toby enjoyed him and all your other rewards this holiday season, and we want to thank you again for your continued support. It's because of our patrons that this show is possible. Those who have joined our Patreon at the $5 tier 
always get a shout out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher. So they get their supporter shout out right now. Ryan Cushman, Gene L. Jackson, and Gavin Knox. Thank you all for your support. For those of you out there who are listening, any of you, if you're enjoying this show and you feel like, hey, Patreon's not for me, I can't financially do it, we totally understand, and we ask that perhaps you consider leaving us a rating and review instead. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Spotify. Right now, actually, Spotify is a big player in podcasts, so that's where we could use the most help getting some five-star reviews in there to help strengthen our chances of being highlighted in the homepage for new listeners. But above all, thank you to you, our current listeners. We're so happy to have you here each and every week. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Hey, quick question. Oh, Us fangs too? are dripping with ass. Yeah, wait, them too? They're not even like in two rooms away. Like they're, they're gone. Weren't we like kind of yeah. down the hallway? Yeah, I the, thought we were like starting to leave to go find Winona somewhere, but I guess. I'll take the help. A natural 20 again. What a good night. What a good night of rolls. Too bad we're not doing shit. I also got a natural 20 minus zero well guys this is awesome as you're all rolling natural 20s like five rooms away i'm right in front of them and i rolled a five that's okay we'll get to go first and i'm gonna run um quick question though <laughs> as as per the D movie can i just wild shape from one animal into the next or is there like a period where i have to be like my druid self first um isn't it a bonus action to wild shape as an action, you can magically assume the shape of a beast, um, and then it says, I can stay in the shape for four hours before reverting back to normal form, or as a bonus action earlier, if you fail, fall unconscious, drop to zero hit points, or die. Oh, okay, so your question wasn't if you needed, like, what action economy am, it was I'm to a, change yeah no it's yeah it's i am a mouse can i immediately turn into something faster than a mouse yes you can that would just be an action yeah okay still i'm probably last in initiative so they're going to be like i'm going to eat this mouse and then i'm going to eat this mouse and then i'm going to change out of a mouse after being eaten as a mouse twice all right so i have manny with a nat 20 thad with a nat 20 milo with a five i lied <laughs> it was a nat 20 minus the zero so it's a uh it's a nine actually oh jeez. <laughs> hey that makes me feel better what a lie because i rolled a two dixon what's your uh initiative <laughs> 13 and just to keep questions and commentary going these hellhounds are they are they beings of fire like toby they are not made of fire they just have like fire coming off of them or something. Yeah, you'll you'll see you'll see what they do. So, it's actually pretty funny, Brad, that you were joking, "Oh, it's probably going to be I'm going to eat this mouse, then I'm going to eat this mouse, and then all of you guys act, then I do something." I mean, it's not funny if it's correct because that's what I was saying it's going to be. It's almost exactly what's going to happen. Okay. 
because I mean, you did say that you anybody in the vicinity would hear the mouse a squeak out, a squeak. Yes. Yeah. So these hounds burst out as you tried to get away from them, and uh, the first one is going to come after you and try and rip you apart with its fangs. And it rolls an 11. Does that hit your armor class? No, but do I take on a mouse's armor class? You do. Well, then I don't know what a mouse's armor class is. We'll go based off a rat, which is an armor class of 10. So then, yes. Yep. And I was in my current armor class, no. <laughs> but the nice thing is, a rat only has one HP, so you automatically revert to your druid shape, your kender form. It's beautiful that we start knocking into my real HPs immediately. <laughs> what can I turn into that doesn't have one HP? Because I tried an owl last. I'm like, let's do something that flies for flavor. And it's like, yeah, you have nothing. And it's like, okay, I'll do something for stealth like a rat. It's like, no, you have nothing. What has more than one HP? A cow. Like, seriously. <laughs> a bear. Is that it? A Is crocodile. It? A wolf. I mean, I guess just like anything bigger. Anything that's not, like, squishable under your the average did, boot. <laughs> so did, does a mouse have, like, extra points for stealth or something, then? Like, I need something. <laughs> I mean, eat. you wouldn't be sneaking around as a, a bear or an alligator. Yeah, no, so alligator just roaming the castle at night. So. <laughs> I mean, a rat, or in this case a mouse, does have advantage on perception checks that rely on smell. Just like Manny. Wonderful. Do I smell <laughs> danger around me? <laughs> yeah, it's... Currently got its jaws wrapped around you, and I did double check any damage that you take that would be more than your current HP as a wild shape animal, then goes towards your remaining Kender HP. So you are going to take a total of seven piercing damage and seven fire damage. Damn. So you will take 13 damage to your Kender form. Neat. Do they stop biting me and now that they know I'm a person? No. Now that you're larger, it still has its, ar- its jaws clamped around, we'll say, your arm. Okay. And then, Manny, you are up. Yeah. Um, how far away are we? Like, do I see what's going on yet? You heard the squeaks of the mouse, and then you heard a door crash open. And then you heard, Excuse me? And then you hear a squeak turn into a scream, yelling, Professor Kane! Sounds like they need Professor Kane's help, not mine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's run the fuck out of here, boys. I'm just kidding. Um, Do I recognize the yell as Milo? Yes, you do. Yes! Christ! (laughs) (laughs) All right. First instinct. Laugh. I'm going to run over that way. And what do I see? Milo getting ragdolled by some fiery hellhounds? Yeah, you leap off the last stairs onto the landing. You turn that corner that Milo went down, and that's a total of 10 feet of your movement. And you are now faced with two hellhounds that are bearing down on Milo. One of them already has its acidic jaws clamped around his forearm, and the other one is close on the heels of the first, about to attack Milo. You are another 10 feet from 
Milo in the first hellhound, and then the other hellhound is 20 feet beyond that. All right. I was going to ask how big is the hallway or room we in, we're in, but I don't think it matters. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to use my uh, surge. I got a level 2 surge, which gives me one second level spell slot. And I'm going to use the spell enlarge to make myself very big. To be specific, double my size and eight times my weight. <laughs> just break through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm not thinking, I'm acting. I'm just, I'm, I'm moving to action, which is uh, new to Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I burn that spell slot, I grow. Um, just so you know, more details about the enlarged spell. It has everything to do with your trunk. Ah, so it Only does say, your trunk grows. <laughs> if there isn't enough room for the target to double its size, the creature or object attains the maximum possible size in the space available. Uh, I'm going to get advantage on strength checks and saving throws. My weapons grow to match the new size, and I get an extra 1d4 damage with these larger weapons. So, trying to remember exactly how big I said my character was. It's okay. You you are enormous. I know. I'm just curious what eight times my weight is. That sounds heavy. Yes. <laughs> I think you're... Over half a ton. Damn. No, I thought I said... I don't think he's a thousand fucking pounds. No, I thought I said I was like 450 pounds as my character. I somewhere you there. Were, I thought he was the... He being the turtle man. I thought he was like 600 and you were like four or 500. Yeah, I was like four or 500. So I think I went in the middle. 450 times eight. I'm 3,600 pounds. Okay, so you're over a ton. That's Real heavy. healthy boy. That's heavy. And oh, I'm like, you're, yeah, you're in large weight. Yes, way over a ton. I thought I'm he like was like 12 feet tall. I thought he was like, no, you're like a thousand pounds regularly. Jesus. That's Christ. wild. All right. So burn that. Get real big. That, I guess, is going to be my action. Um, I guess, could, could I also, as a bonus action, take out my uh, ever smoking bottle and set it on the ground and open it up so it fills this hall with smoke? Are we throwing a fucking rave? Yeah, I'll let you do that as a free action. Sure. I don't exactly know why that's going to come in handy yet, but it's going to come in handy. So. Manny, help! I, I walk in, I get real big and set a little bottle on the ground and open <laughs> it up. <laughs> and that's my turn. <laughs> okay, that ever-smoking bottle will pour out in a 60-foot radius from the bottle. That So that will cover the entirety of this hallway, which means that it is now an area that is heavily obscured. Oh. And I pull out my shield. You all are effectively blinded in this area. So you can't see where Milo is. You can't see where either of the hellhounds are. But you do hear. And what you hear now is a very loud buzzing. Great, there's bees. Yeah, there's bees too. Yeah, I really didn't think through the uh, smoking bottle, guys. I didn't really think through the hellhounds learning how to operate doorknobs. Here, here's my thing. Well, yeah, that's tough. A dog that can, a hound that can open a door. Yeah, we need. We have some rough. questions, Paul. For me, I thought it was more of like a very slow pour out. That like, yeah, there'd still be time to go through an encounter, and then it'd be more be like our retreat. But no, it just filled the room quick. I've never used it before, so <laughs> now I know. An escape when it's on me. Keep yelling so we know. <laughs> 
Don't worry, Milo. I'll smell my way to you. I have a very <laughs> good s- sniffer. Um, also, uh, Ben, you're not incorrect. The ever-smoking bottle starts immediately with 60, but then it increases by 10 up to 120. So for another 10 or 12 rounds, it will continue to expand. That's pretty wild. And I don't think that has ever seen me enlarge. So just know that. Oh, uh, I mean, sometimes <laughs> in the locker rooms. <laughs> I'm practicing I mean, yeah. for the for the pitch when we're on the uh, when we're on the field. This is a, literally a, an exact maneuver I can use in Pyrocross: become 12 feet tall and then make everything smoky. Because <laughs> who's stopping that? If I had the ball. All of a sudden, got to be 12 feet tall and 3,600 pounds, and then made it where nobody could see me either, and I was just running forward. By the time they see me coming, I'd be <laughs> stomping their asses in. But yeah, now there's buzzing. Great. Um, ah! Actually, I don't get frightened, so never mind. I, I just hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a mouse anymore. Actually, hold on. Did I fuck up my character? Yes. No, I have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. But I guess I could still get scared from time to time. That's frightened. Well, yeah, I know, but hold you on, I think... scared but not frightened? I have. <laughs> I have advantage against being frightened, but I can still get scared. <laughs> ah! But I'm not frightened. <laughs> still feel a little timid sometimes. So, with this now obscured area... The buzzing gets closer to both Milo and Manny, and you hear a very anime sound of just shing, but nothing connects with either of you. And then next up is going to be Dixon. You are currently on the staircase. Uh, You just saw Manny jump down onto the landing to go after the squeaks and the shout that was Milo, and there is now smoke pouring out of the hallway. Funny, because none of you fuckers saw me enlarge. You're gonna turn the corner, but whoa! <laughs> I'm just gonna run into giant elephant ass. You're like, wow. <laughs> well, I will draw both hand axes and sprint directly into the smoke. Okay, uh, I need you to give me a perception check with disadvantage. Going to immediately become blinded and lop off Milo's arm. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. It was an accident. I don't have fog vision. Yeah, what does my dark vision tell me? Wrong character. 15. Okay, you turn the corner, you dash into the smoke, you hear Manny shout, Don't worry, Milo! And that helps you so that you are able to dodge around this now massive elephant leg, which has just appeared out of the smoke in front of you. You spin around it, and you are currently... 10 feet into the hallway, do you want to try and attack anything? Do I see anything to attack? You cannot see anything. You would be relying solely on your perception check that you just did. and uh, It's auditorial fighting. <laughs> I will say that you can hear Milo screaming. You can hear growling over by Milo screaming. And you can also hear buzzing and growling up ahead of you. Nobody knows what the buzzing is. Great. There's bees. I want to find the nearest growling. No, well, 
move towards the nearest growling and take two healthy cuts. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me a normal roll to attack because your perception check is enough that you are able to locate the source of the growling. Uh, 23. That will hit. Yay. That'll hit once. Do it again. Mechanics question. Can you take a defensive action so that, like, if anybody tries to, like, come at you, you take a swing at them? Like, it's like a combative, like... No, that would essentially be readying an action. Or is it like a parry? It's like a fighter class move or something? Yeah, you would either be talking about a specialty move like parry or, like, uh, hellish rebuke, or you would be readying an action. If somebody came at you, then you swing. Or if you just wanted to do a purely defensive action, you could take the dodge action. So just like an example, if I just wanted to like turn into a bear and just wanted to be like, this is my area. If anybody comes in this area, I'm swatting them. That's not quite how it could work. Correct. The way that that would work mechanically would be taking a ready action. All right, Paul, another question for you. This one might be a little bit tougher because this isn't actually in the book. So, is activating Crimson Right technically an action? Since I hit the first one, before my second attack, can I activate Crimson Right? Uh, Crimson Right is a bonus action. It is? Yes. So, before my second attack, I could activate Crimson Right for the second attack. Um, it, it, it's playing with it a little bit because you're, you're using extra attack. But I would let you do that if you want to do that. I would love to do that because the second hit. Okay, so I hit the first one. Uh, activate Crimson Right, uh, Right of Storm to deal lightning damage for the second attack. And the second attack is a 17. The 17 will also hit. Hey. All right, and I'm using hand axes. And those are 1d6. Oh, fuck. I missed the tray that's in my lap. Uh, first attack's an 8. Second attack is a five plus one d six. So the second attack is going to be a five plus six of storm damage or lightning damage. So a total of eleven on the second hit. Eleven on the second hit. Okay. So you come flying through this smoke. You can't see anything, but you can hear Milo in trouble. You can hear the growls as there is the tearing of flesh. And you decide, I'm going to tear into some flesh. And you lead with one axe strike, and then you build lightning from the blood running in your veins with a second hit. And you hear the crunch of bone and the tearing of flesh and the spurt of warm blood around your hands as you hit into this hellhound. And you hear it whimper in pain. When I feel the blood splatter on me, uh, it's like a raging barbarian. <laughs> Feel, feels so good. And that is then going to lead us to Thad. All right. I'm also going to run. Moan? Oh, yeah. Uh, down into the hallway. And so I, I just can't. I also can't see shit. Correct. So uh, I would like you to make a perception check, please. 22. You also managed to see Manny's giant elephant calf. 
and you dodge out of the way at the last moment as his gray hide emerges from the gray smoke. What would you like to do now? Well, first off, I'd like to go, damn! And then second off, I would like to draw my shield and my beaten stick. <laughs> and Beating stick or beaten stick? My beaten stick. Like oh. A stick that you use for beating or a stick that has been beaten itself? Yeah, I was very confused on this one, too. <laughs> I have beaten this stick before. I have a beaten I, stick. I have a Every morning, stick. he just wakes up and uses it as a punching bag and just fucking beats it. So both, to answer your question. <laughs> as I'm getting my arm gnawed off, I'm saying, please articulate correctly. So, <laughs> since Milo said, please articulate correctly, <laughs> can I tell where he is and if... The screaming didn't give it away? Yeah. Well, I would assume my arm has been unhinged if it was, if the thing hinging it was <laughs> just lopped in half by two hand axes and a screaming banshee of a lightning blood devil thing that Actually, I've never seen before, but I've certainly been dreaming of. There's going to be a lot of questions after this encounter. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Would I know or, like, be able to tell, like, is Milo, like, grappled and stuck? Or is he just, you know, screaming and exaggerating it? Quick question. What <laughs> happened after that bite to me? Nothing. You just got bit. Uh, like, he wasn't, like, latched on? No, you you are not grappled right now. It's it's flavor. Oh, but Thad, you would know that Milo is in trouble. I w I would also like to find the nearest easiest hellhound and give him a bonk or two. Okay, uh, you follow the line of lightning that arcs through the smoke. It flashes for just the briefest moment, but it allows you to pinpoint where you should aim your attack. Go ahead and roll to hit. Uh, well, it's gonna be a natural 18. That will hit. Not gonna do the math on that. And then the second one will be a 19. That will also hit. It's gonna be a total of 14 damage. Alright, you get in there right next to Dixon. You can feel his shoulder next to you, and you can see where he landed his strike, and you just start wailing down on something that's in front of you. Bonk. And you hear... And uh, Milo, you feel the jaws release from your arm. You are not sure where the hellhound is now. But suddenly there is a flash of red light as you're standing in this heavily obscured area trying to figure out where this hellhound has disappeared to, where it moved after you hit it. And this flash of red light burns through the smoke towards you. And it is a ball of fire, and I need all three of you, Milo, Dixon, and Thad, to roll a dexterity saving throw. All right. Hold on. This is a perfect thing, because I was just reading something on my character sheet about this. So, as a artificer feat, I have something called Flash of Genius, which says, when you or another creature within 30 feet makes an ability check or saving throw, which we are, Use a reaction to add my intelligence modifier to that role. So, oh, is that for me personally, not for everybody else? Sounds like it. I rolled a 15. I rolled a nat 20. I rolled a 19. Which saving throw did you say? Dex. Oh, I'm not very good at that. Hold on. Uh, not you, Manny. Oh, 
You're not fucking special. <laughs> I thought You're you like, said I have this feat that helps only me, and only I'm not doing it. I thought you said all of you. Sorry. And like I said, I when I originally read it, because it says when you are a creature within thirty feet makes a saving throw. When you, you my... or another creature you can see within thirty feet. Yeah, that was my shorthand in my notes, so I guess I didn't write down the that you can see. How fast does this happen? It's like something emerging from the fog and suddenly you're getting hit in the full in the face with it. Okay. Sorry. I'll yeah, fuck you off. Are. <laughs> So, all of you succeeded against the saving throw, which means that you are only going to take half damage, which is a total of 13 fire damage. Am I next to Milo? You are, Thad. Would I be able to use a reaction to shield him slightly? So, my fighting style is interception. So, when I'm using a shield, when an ally within five feet is hit by an attack, use reaction to reduce damage. By 1d10 plus my proficiency. Uh, again, it's a creature you can see. When a creature you can see hits a target other than you within five feet. Well, dang. Sorry for, you know, making everybody <laughs> blind in this battle. I mean, it's like a Prince video in here. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be a cool background fog and mist. I didn't realize we were all going to be blind. Well, now we know. It's cool. <laughs> Don't apologize while we're fighting. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So that leaves us with Milo, who is last in the order. So I just got exp- I just got unclamped by I got bit by a hellhound, unclamped by the hellhound after my friend saved me, and then blown up by a fireball. It sounds like you're having a great day. Yeah, more like a, a steady stream of fire, and it kind of smells like wet dog too. Ugh. I I guess I see that. That's horrible. That's <laughs> the worst part of this whole like situation. Like the end of Manny's trunk. <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> okay, I'm no longer clamped. The other ones are being attacked. What I want to do, got it. I've got it. This is perfect. I'm going to maneuver myself in a straighterly direction away from where I was being bit. And like, I've been in this hallway. I know kind of like the out way to go. So I'm going to head kind of backwards past the guys attacking me, like my my defending friends, the wall and dicks. And then... (laughs) Dicks. I want to use a cantrip gust to try to blow this damn smoke away. I seize the air and compel it to create one of the following effects at a point I can see within range. You might need to uh, close the bottle. <laughs> it's coming out of... You'll just make flammable? it... Hey, guess what? I can't see the bottle. <laughs> You'll make it all go away, then it'll just repopulate the room with smoke. Because apparently, it does it very fast. Okay, so... The different things that you can do with Gust as a cantrip. One medium or smaller creature that you choose must succeed on a strength saving throw. Uh, You can create a small blast of air to move one object, less than five pounds. Or you create a sensory effect, such as causing leaves to rustle, wind to slam, shutters shut, or your clothing to ripple in a breeze. Now, the ever-smoking bottle can have the smoke cleared away, but only after the bottle is closed. So. Your gust of wind would only be a moderate wind, and that would take a full minute to clear the smoke away. So you cast gust, and when you let that puff of air go from your hand, you can see your hand out in front of you for just a moment, and then suddenly it's swallowed up by gray mist again. 
So it wasn't like a big enough puff for me to at least see the bottle to close it? Uh, yeah, sure. I will let you see the bottle. All right. So, yes, I would like to just, yeah, I do a little puff of gust and I realize I'm like, okay, this is a very Prince-like bottle. <laughs> so I'm going to, I, I at least can see it in this flurry of smoke. I go, okay, we got to at least close it. So I'm scurrying around like Velma looking for her glasses, find the, find the cork. I'm going to slap it in there. And then I believe I'm going to, I'm just going to say all of my scurrying is an action and I've used up my movement. Uh, bonus action though, I'm going to, I'm no longer wild shaped. I want Toby to come out. Or is it a full action to summon? Uh, summoning him requires an action, I, I believe. It's instead of, it, it's in place of wild shape. So it would be a, an action. That, that is my understanding. Okay. Um, so you can double check that and uh, call me out on it if I am incorrect. Otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the top of the order. That's cool. And uh, that is going to result in another wet dog breath of fire coming at the same direction as where Milo, Thad, and Dixon just were. Because Milo dodged out of there to go close the smoking bottle, he is no longer in range. It is just going to be Thad and Dixon that need to make a dexterity saving throw for me. How long does the smoke clear out after I pop the bottle? Ten minutes. <laughs> well, I was going to say afterwards, so your dust thing would get rid of it if the bottle was closed first, right? If I survive long enough for this, I got it. Fifteen. Nineteen. Okay, again, you save, you successfully save against this DC, and uh, you're only going to take half damage, which is going to be 11 damage. Next episode, we are interrogating Fackham. The fack out of Fackham. Yeah, dude, motherfucker shit hurts. His little poodle decided to get friendly. Fackham, but I barely even know him. <laughs> We're going to go to Manny. Sweet. Pottle's closed, right? Great. Um... What I want to make sure I do with like the fire and the heat and the screams and the dogs. Do I know the location of the general location of the enemies and my companions? Yes, you know the general location. So last time I asked you to give me a perception check, each of you to pinpoint where things were in the smoke. But that's technically not how you attack with blinded. Any attacks made while blinded would be made with disadvantage. So I let everybody go through the last round with that mechanic. This round, we're going to go ahead and do any attacks with disadvantage. So yes, Manny, while you're generally aware of where your comrades are and where the bad things are in the smoke, any attack would be with disadvantage. All right, so I would like to position myself next to the enemies, of course. Making sure that, again, I have my shield out and my spear. And I think for this turn, I am just going to go ahead and make a melee attack using my spear. Okay, I need just a little bit more specifics. Are you marching forward to just where you can hear them, or are you going to where Dixon and Thad are? I would be going off, like, where I hear the enemies breathing fire. So that's where I would be going to. Okay. You start marching forward and go ahead and make your attack then. And you said disadvantage, right? Yes, sir. Grab his dick and twist it. Great. Uh, old dick, dick twist. twist. You twist that dick. 
Oh my god. Oh my god, there's a MMA fight. And with a spear, it'd be dexterity as the modifier, right? If, if you are throwing the spear, it would be dexterity, but it is strength. And let me ask you this. You just doubled your size as an elephant. Are you going to be picking up a tiny spear to use at this point? No, my weapon actually enlarges with me and does more damage, too. Yeah, it does. Neat. So now I have a big spear, and I get to just poke down at the doggies. Oh, God, I'm going to get a hit with this. If I can hit, you know, disadvantage is a sucky thing to have. Good first roll. Can I have a good second roll? Ooh, we're going to be sitting at 18. That will hit. Sweet. So it is one-handed, so that's going to be a 1d6. Great. And then because of the enlarged weapon, it actually does an extra 1d4 damage. Well, I rolled shit on the 1d4. Literally a 1. Um, it's going to be 6 damage. Woo-wee. Okay. You wind up making contact, and you hear a squelch, and then a thump, as the hound snarls and whimpers at the same time. Nice. And then as you are doing this, you hear the buzzing that has been continuing in the smoke. Suddenly, it moves behind you, and again, you hear that anime, shwing, but you don't hear any of your friends crying out in pain. Gotcha. And did you say technically as well that the fog is causing us to be blinded? Like, that's the status effect that us and the enemies are all having right now? Correct. Gotcha. And real quick, just based on my character knowledge right now, does it seem like our like the enemies are also blinded and they're just... You said, yeah, they're kind of just going based off the direction of, like, where they believe things to be, too. Like, they're blinded as well. I would know that, right? Or think that, at least. You would think that. Okay. Dixon. So is the thing that I hit dead, can I tell? Give me a perception check. Nat 20. This is my second one of the night. I've had two tonight as well. Looky there. Looky there. We're having a good night with rolls. Yeah. I am going to say that you can hear that there are still two sources of growling in the smoke and one source of buzzing and schwinging. Um, What was the last one? Schwinging. Schwinging. You got that? I don't know how to spell it. It's an anime sound. Schwinger. Schwinger. Something you put on bagels. <laughs> Needs a little bit of schwing. Just a little bit of schwing. Schmear. <laughs> Just a schmear of schwing. Schmearing schwinging. The hash slinging. The trash slinging. The schmear slinging. The schmear slinging. <laughs> Schwinging. Dinging. Schlinging. Dinging. Ringing. Buzzing. So I'm going to take two more whacks at. The uh, thing I was whacking at earlier. It's whacking it. Okay. Uh, both of these attacks will be made with disadvantage. Fifteen. Believe it or not, you're still going to hit. Yeah, well, you're damn right I am. Sixteen. Does that one hit? Yeah. Yes, sir. I forgot I had disadvantage. So the second attack was a fourteen. Aw, oh, that's a bummer. But you still get one hit. Kill it. Well, you're still going to take Lightning damage, so fuck that thing. Yeah. Five. It's thrilling. <laughs> Five total damage? Yeah. Wasn't my strongest one. All right. Just giving him a quick little... Yeah. 
again, your lightning flashes through the smoke and you can feel blood well up around your hand as you strike tough flesh. (gasps) But the former whimpers and growls have faded to barely anything. And all you hear is just... That brings us to Thad. All right. Can I tell... So I'm I'm standing basically next to where Dixon is, right? Correct. So I, I probably see the lightning through the smoke of him doing some more whacking. Yes, generally speaking, but it's just a brief glow of light that you see, and your attacks still would be made with disadvantage. Can I tell or judge where the other fireball would have come from? Yes, generally the same direction. All right. Whichever fireball came from the one that's not where Dixon was just whacking, I would like to bum rush that. And I I just want Thad to basically put his shoulder down with the shield and just go charging. And if he hits something, to just scoop and body slam it. Okay. Our gunslinger hates to use firearms. I mean, I can't see shit. God, I hope the bottle's not in that direction with me. I mean... Are you, are you performing a grapple? Is this just a physical He's using punch? his body as an improvised weapon. I know, but you don't get like... My proficient in shell. Use his body weight. He was going to scoop slam. Yeah, scoop slam. So I want all 600 pounds of myself just on top of whatever, whatever I hit. Be it Milo... That'll uh, that'll be a bridge we cross now, when we come now, to it. Now, how can you explain that to Paul so that you do the most damage with an attack? I guess I'm less trying to do damage and more trying to... Immobilize? If, yeah, more trying to just, like, pin them. Okay, then we will do it as a grapple. A grapple would restrain the beast. And then if he, if he successfully restrains it, just give him a sort of damage roll because he is saying that he is trying to body slam a 600-pound turtle on top of... Um, why not? I'll let you do it as, like, an improvised weapon, which would be your strength modifier. You were using your shell as a weapon. (laughs) Nice. Even though it's attached to you. (laughs) So, if you're going to attempt to grapple this thing, I need you to make an athletic check with disadvantage. Gonna be 17. And that's with disadvantage? Yes. You succeed against this hellhound that you have just bum-rushed into, and you have wrapped your arms around it, scooped, and slammed. How much damage do you deal with your strength? Hmm. Well, actually, what I want to do is I want to scoop it, throw it on the ground, and then, if you are familiar with Super Smash Brothers, Bowser's down throw, where he just holds his arms out and just falls on them. (laughs) Okay. You do that. And then also also pin it, but what do you need? Just my, my strength? Isn't it just one plus your strength? Uh, it's going to be plus three then. Okay, so you deal three damage in this case. Good description. <laughs> I like that description right there. Yeah, great description. <laughs> well, this thing that you have just grappled can still breathe fire in your face. So, can I hold it face down? Can he poke his head I mean, inside of his shell in defense? If I was going to be grappling a dog I know breathes fire, I would not, or just a dog in general, 
<laughs> would not be just like nose to yeah. beak to nose with it. It's ju- it just can't move because you're holding it. It can still wriggle around in your grasp. Have you grappled dogs? You give often? that dog disadvantage, Paul. How many times have you grappled a dog? You never do it that way. Confirm if his nose is like mine while you're down there. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, does it feel like an elephant's nose? Do I think that this is Manny? <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to wriggle in your grasp, and it's going to breathe fire in your face. You're losing your eyebrows today. <laughs> Bullshit. <Dad. laughs> um. So I need you to make a dexterity saving throw, please. From an inch away. If you can dodge this. <laughs> I can dodge this, I can dodge a dodgeball. If you can dodge a hellhound breathing 13. fire in your face while you're snoot to beak with it, you can dodge a ball. Uh, 13 is still going to dodge, so how, how do you Ooh. manage to dodge this from two inches away? Uh, I just take my head and I go swing, swing. to the left. All right. As the flames gently kiss my cheek. Yes, gently, and <laughs> only deal you 11 damage. <laughs> Dang! Eventually, there's going to be a considerable amount here. <laughs> it's adding up for me. My, the only damage I took today was uh, Dixon stabbing me. It's me. Milo. Hi. You are up. I am up. I can see nothing, right? Correct. Excellent. I guess in that case... It's been a day since I've used my surge, so I have my surges are good? No, you are still in the same day as when you were fighting against Margaret and Mabel in the tavern. Mm. Yeah, you guys went into this fight at a disadvantage, and then Manny gave you even more of a disadvantage. (laughs) Thanks, dick. Yeah, but I'm large now. And also, you guys have greatly benefited from the fact that the buzzing and schwinging creature has not hit anything yet. Oh, that's a creature, huh? <laughs> Good. I'm already hearing voices. <laughs> I, I guess as a confused person who can't see anything, I am just going to try to stop everything in its tracks. I'm going to cast plant growth in the area. Fuck us even more. <laughs> yeah, now we're blind and can't move. <laughs> Nobody can move. Yeah, I cast the spell. If I cast the spell using an action, which I am, choose a point within range. All normal, oh, all normal plants. Hold on, there's no plants here. That Are might you sure? not work. There might be some moss and stuff growing. There's just pollen seeds that can amplify like tremendously. I was gonna say, just imagine you immobilize everybody, and then we're all just stuck there and blind, and we can't do anything until the smoke dissipates on its own. Ten minutes later, and then we just look <laughs> around and see where everybody was left off. All right, let's keep up fighting. Yeah, wait, for plant growth, I take it I'm not creating plants. I'm just making plants that are already there grow. Correct. That would make sense. So, unfortunately, it wouldn't work in this uh, corridor. But what if he had seeds of plants in his pockets that never end? I throw seeds out as a free action. And they can grow from just their seedlings. (laughs) Yeah, I would allow you to do that. Nice! I I do that. (laughs) Do you have plant seeds? (laughs) Obviously. What kind of plants? Why are you asking questions? Shut up. I want to know specifically. <laughs> Apple corn. trees, of course. <laughs> ivy, so we all get... <laughs> You're corn, growing a okay. cornfield? Yes, I got popcorn from that, like, those guys who came through, the uh, the Revengers, they called it. They were selling bags of corn to our, to our campus. Wasn't it, like, years ago? 
Shut up. <laughs> Just clover. Shit, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's nothing but cactus spring out from seeds everywhere <laughs> and impale everyone. <laughs> no, I do have like various like berries and like fruit and stuff in my bag. Yes, you do. So I guess so I guess I will just throw my stuff everywhere and then plan to grow it. All right, farmer Brad. But I'm going to say I am still casting a I don't have a third level surge here, so we're going to see what happens. So this is your plan. <laughs> um here is here's something though that could probably help you. And we had discussed here's it a, a couple- lot of things you should do differently as a DM <laughs> that can get you out of this. <laughs> well, no, so we had discussed this a couple times now, but it, it's something that we really haven't used. You can use a bonus action to half focus on your magical focus DC. So that would give you a plus 10. If you used a full action before you cast the spell, then you get plus 20 to your DC. And since right now you've only used your free action and plant growth will be your main action, you could use your bonus action to get a plus 10 on the DC. No, I have an idea for my bonus action. Okay. It's an idea that will help you fuck you. <laughs> then uh, we will stick to the regular magical focus DC, which is going to be your character level, plus your spell casting score, plus your proficiency, minus the level of the spell. So that's wisdom. So 19 plus 8 is my level, character level. Mm -hmm. So you're at 27. And then you said plus proficiency? Correct. 3. 3. So plus 3 for your proficiency, so you're at 30. But it's a third level spell, so minus 3. So you're back down to 27. Okay, and I roll a d100. Let's go! He's gonna destroy us all. I use this for my... It's gonna wild surge and make everybody blind again. (laughs) (laughs) I only rolled a 20. Oh, fantastic. So it works perfectly. He did it on his own. He didn't need your bonus action, Paul. I guess so. I did pretty good. So, yeah, you successfully cast plant growth uh, on your fruits, berries, and corn, and you now just have a mangled mass of farm plants that have grown crazily in this hallway, and uh, everything that is in the area is going to... Spend four feet of movement for every one foot it moves. Excellent. Thanks. <laughs> Bunch of carrots in the ground now, and it's going <laughs> to really trip me up. Yeah, harder for everyone to move. That's my action. For my bonus action, I would, I would like to try to... We, we, we had three sources of growling, or two? Two sources of growling and one... And a swinging. Yes, bzz and swing. Okay, so we know one source of growling was probably eliminated. The other one is grappled and thudded on top of. Now we have, if only I had a jar of honey for the buzzing. Wait a Um, second. Anyway. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, weird question. My helmet, that makes me understand any language. Is that just written, or can I communicate with the buzzing? Uh, It's only written, and you have to touch it. I don't even know. I guess I could have used it to focus. You said you had an idea for the bonus action. (laughs) Well, okay. All the sources of growling are held up. I was going to pull out my Grick tentacle and see if I would enjoy it as a treat. 
Oh. <laughs> well, that would have been that would have fallen under the free action, uh, not the bonus action. This is just the session of me not having my shit together. <laughs> I guess what what can I do as bonus actions here? Well, I think we're gonna find out next time on the Death Saving Bros podcast what you can do for your bonus action. <laughs> uh, Are we that far away from finishing the battle? <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys still have uh, some pretty ferocious creatures in the hallway with you, and we're gonna have to figure out what happens next time when we start at the top of the order. And he's not talking about the giant elephant in the room. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Stop yes, it. sir. God Stop it. damn it. You're almost as bad as Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it and I hated it, B-Rich. But we hope that all you listeners loved this episode. Haha, <laughs> got the segue in. For all those of you that are listening, if you enjoyed this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a review if you liked it you can leave us five stars on spotify and you can answer our questions to keep in touch with us or you can hit us up on social media we are currently at death saving bros on twitter instagram facebook and reddit i am personally available at hp camper you find me at benfro 15 i'm at i'm a underscore b underscore rad you can follow the Reddit, but if you didn't like the podcast, I mean, just kind of go fuck yourself. Nice. I'll add that little one in there. You can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T-Smith. Finally getting a game that we can all play. In. <laughs> and to all those of you that are listening in your cars, in your homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. This episode was made possible by our patrons. The following individuals have pledged at the $5 tier. Tad Corsi. Thank you for your support. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material.